Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. If this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going, please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to Like, we're, we don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories right. and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will right. also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all, that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that. And that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. <laughs> Can everybody please pull up um, the We Eat the Fucking Food Google Doc and then it says we're going to go down to episode three. Diet we- culture is. Diet culture is. Hello, Georgia Peach. Hi, honey. Hi, honey girl. Hi. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. Not really, but I'm like gonna be real right now. It's just been a tough week, honestly, yeah. for me. Um, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a pretty hectic week for myself as yeah. well, but I am so excited to be sitting down on Zoom with you. Episode number three. Episode number three. Do you yes. think people like us yet? Do you like us yet? I, I mean, I hope so. Oh, we have, again, been getting, like, amazing feedback, and we yes. decided that at the end of every episode, we're going to shout one of you lovely members of our family out. Actually, I was thinking about this today. We need to come up with a name for our subscribers and our listeners. And, like, maybe that's something that they can decide. Maybe that's something that, like, we'll decide together. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things where, like, people decide themselves. Cool. So if you have an idea for the name that our little Bam Bam should be called, DM either Georgia. Yeah, yeah let, let one of us know. But yeah, stick around to the end of this because we're going to give one of you guys a little shout out. All right. Okay. So I'm literally so giddy right now. This is our first guest star this episode. So I'm going to introduce the group to Darcy! What's up? Okay, so a little bit about Darcy's relationship to Georgia and I is um, Darcy was my first roommate in the rest house. And my favorite thing about Darcy and I being roommates is that we begged. And when I say we begged, I don't mean that like lightly. Like we legitimately (laughs) almost formed tears. Yeah. Very against the idea. Very, very against the idea. We had. Why? We had multiple whys and reasons why we didn't want to be roommates. Oh, well, our reasoning was that our schedules just don't mesh. I'm a morning (laughs) She wakes up early. I don't. I was going to not like her. I'm dead. Yes. But so Darcy and I were roommates. And honestly, it was probably one of the highlights of my time. It was the highlight of my time. Darcy is legitimately one of the most amazing people I think I've ever met. I adore her. Oh, yeah. So Georgia and Darcy didn't meet Georgia. Ever. Right. Which is so weird because, like, we vibe very well. Oh. We do vibe. We just said this earlier. If we had all three been there at the same time, it would have been very chaotic. Yeah. So chaotic. Extremely chaotic. We wouldn't have gotten anything done. No. 
We wouldn't have recovered. I love whenever Georgia laughs on Zoom. You can't actually hear it because like the microphone just like stops at putting the volume because it's like so loud. But Darcy, do you want to give us like a little bit of a synopsis of like- Yeah, give us a breakdown. Darcy, who's Dardar? So, Dardar, T.W. Darcy. I am 20 years old. I was in and out of various levels of care for almost exactly three years. And I discharged this most frequently January 14th and moved to Dallas and started my first semester of college at UT Dallas. And I've been thriving, killing it. I recently came out as gay to yes. my- yeah, yeah. I actually just came out to my parents yesterday and about an uh. hour ago. What are these feelings coming up for you? Like, do you feel like this weight has just been like, oh? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Honestly, with my dad, I I knew he'd respond well. But with my mom, I thought that there was going to be much more of a heated debate. Not only a debate, she's kind of a, a quiet person. But I thought maybe I would be disowned. But she took it really well. She was like, we still love you. It was really nice. I'm so proud of you. Darcy, I'm literally so happy for you. When Darcy told me, oh, my heart. It was, so fun. it was it was so funny. It was really funny. How I Darcy told like didn't want to say it, and like because I asked her about the guy that she was kind of seeing like before, like on a couple mm-hmm. days with. And I was like, Darcy, I was like going, and Darcy was like, Oh, I don't really know if I want to see him anymore. I was like, Oh, like why is that? No, you were like, Do you like him? And I was like, Yeah. She was like, But you don't want to see him. No. Basically. Darcy, like, made me guess, even though, like, I kind of knew that, like, that's where it was, but I didn't, I didn't want to be, like, the one to, like, so like I didn't want to out, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. out you to myself type of thing if you didn't feel comfortable telling me, but when you told me, I was literally so happy. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so Anyway, proud. back to my timeline. Oh, yeah, sorry, Darcy, <sighs> back to your timeline. <laughs> so, well, it's almost over. We went through, I was in treatment for a while. Uh, I was really lost and hopeless. I thought I would never recover. Um, people told me that I would mitigate it my whole life and it would never get better than fine. But here I am trying to figure out if I'm recovered or in recovery. And I am starting to lead the eating disorder support group on campus starting this summer. I'm going to be a student worker at the Center for Students in Recovery. Awesome. So we're making moves. And what eating disorder were you diagnosed with? I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. I just want to put that out there. Speaking about Darcy and speaking about recovery, Darcy is literally thriving and she is a queen. Like my recovery icon is Darcy because is- Was that a comparison? Okay, no, that was not a comparison. It's, there is no comparison to be made, Georgia. <laughs> Darcy's- <laughs> I'm obsessed. Oh my no, God, apples and oranges. Apples and peanut butter. Night and day, Beth. But Darcy, literally, there was one specific memory of when I was just really, really struggling. I like PHP. I was like, I'm kind of just like really sick of it. I'm not having a good time. This is such a rough transition for me. And Darcy FaceTimed me and she was like, Lauren, I am right now emptying out my treatment bag and I'm making it my actual backpack for school. And I just remember sitting there being like, yeah. And I was crying and I was like, this is what I want. I want to be as happy and be as excited about recovery as RC is. <laughs> so let's all catch up, man. It's been like a week since we've really like talked. Yeah. So Lauren, what's, a, what's a high of the week for you? My high of the week this week was probably one of the best weeks of my life. And I'm not saying that what? in like any sort of sarcastic way. Like not I'm actually met me? genuine. Not when I met, okay, close second to the week I met Darcy, but I was in Chicago this weekend, which I talked about in last podcast, and the weekend, so much fun. I was the most, I think, authentic. I was around, like, my friends that I'd been in, like, a really, really long time that 
they even like commented on it. They're like, Lauren, your vibe is like so different right now. Uh, like such a rewarding feeling that like my recovery, it's showing up. Like I'm showing up yeah, and it's fantastic. It. Yeah. And then yesterday I went back down to Chicago and I went to the Van Gogh experience exhibit Ooh. and it was one of the most breathtaking, beautiful things I've ever seen. And I was just sitting there, you're surrounded with the art and there's a bunch of mirrors. And I was like looking at myself in the mirror. I was a little bit high and I was looking at myself in the mirror <laughs> and I was like, this is worth it. This this is it. Like, this is why I recovered. I recovered to go to the Van Gogh exhibit. Yes, yeah. I mean, this sole reason. No, but it made all of the struggles that I've gone through in this past year, all of the hard work that I put into it. I was like, I'm sitting in this moment. I'm present. I'm surrounded by people that I love. I'm surrounded by this beautiful art. And I am like here in this moment. I'm not thinking about like anything else. Yeah. And I was just so utterly grateful for that I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say like what I pretty much picked up from what you just said was that not only were you physically there, but you were mentally there. Yeah. And those are so like Different. night and day differences. Yes. Yeah. When it comes to being two years ago, Lauren, and today, Lauren, because two years ago, Lauren, sure, she would have physically been there, but her mind's in a whole nother world. I'm really proud of you. Thank you, George. George, what was your high of this week? My high of the week probably would be making it to all of my TMS appointments, honestly. I just, I just wanted to make sure I was making sure. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure right. I was going sure. to all- I just wanted you wanted to, make, to sure. make sure you were making sure you were making sure you wanted to make sure you were making sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm caught Precisely. up. Precisely. For one. Yeah, I'm what they up. said. No, I'm proud of you. Like, sometimes yeah. that is a high because you did what you had to do for your recovery and for your mental health. Yeah. And taking I'm care of yourself comes first. Yes. Yeah. So I'm taking that with me as a high because even though it wasn't something grand, it's still something that I had to do to take care of myself and it wasn't neglected. So. So, so true. Dardar. No, no, what's your yes. high? Yes. What's your high? I've had a lot of highs this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited. <laughs> okay. Um, that didn't oh. sound like excitement. It sounded like something really different. I got excitement, Georgia. Don't oh. Worry. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. My, my high of the week was definitely coming out to both my parents two separate events, but they both went really well. And I'm really glad with how they responded. And I'm just really thankful for the people in my life this week. So my low of the week would probably have to be my procrastination. I just put school on a back burner this week. And I think that because of the fact that I was so anxious about how many assignments I had due and stuff that I had to get done, I projected that onto food and onto my body, which I didn't realize I was doing until this morning. So that was probably my low of the week. Also, this is like a low high. I was supposed to go see my parents this next week. I was gonna be in Florida again, but I am no longer able to make that trip for some exciting, exciting news, but it's still sad nonetheless because I do miss the rents. But yeah. Yeah. George, what about you? My low of the week would probably be some lack of self-care. I've just been finding myself subconsciously like neglecting my needs. Yeah, just kind of like finding myself in a little bit of a mood slump. But I think that correlates to having found myself binging after Easter and it taking me longer than expected to kind of get out of that. I'm just irritated, honestly, really fucking frustrated, to be honest. That's where I'm at. And that's fine. I just want to say that like, I understand the frustration. I remember getting, giving myself so much shit for how I was doing or what I was not doing or what I should have been doing easier said than done but like continuing to just keep yourself stuck in this shame spiral it's just going to make you keep feeling shameful for being shameful for doing something a couple weeks ago yeah 
when you can be upset with what you did a couple weeks ago and be like, well, that's just it's today. This shows right. me that like, I don't want to do it again. It made me feel like shit for a couple weeks. I don't want to feel like shit next couple of weeks. So yeah. the best thing I can do is tell myself, okay, that was something I would have rather not done, but I did. And it's okay. I can give myself grace for that. You know, recovery is obviously not a linear journey. It's up and down and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have slips and it's how you get back up and how you respond to it and how you give yourself compassion that is going to help you move forward. Why is yeah. this woman I know? Why is this woman I know? <laughs> Dardar, what about you? Buddy. Buddy My Kilo. low of the week. I'm an, I should have thought this through. Let me look at my calendar. <laughs> oh, hold on one second, one second. Let me just look back at my calendar. <laughs> Wait, Lauren, tell me why when I, when you were like, so what are you doing the 22nd? I was like, let me check my schedule. Goes to an imaginary app <laughs> in my phone. There's actually no schedule, but you just need to pretend. I go, I go, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> I used to do that to my therapist. She'd be like, so can we meet at this time next week? And I'd be like, well, I might be, yeah, I can meet. <laughs> my low of the week was probably the side effects for my COVID vaccine. They weren't any worse than they were supposed to be, mm -hmm. um, but I don't get sick ever. So I don't know how to deal with it. I had, you know, a fever and chills and a headache. I was very tired and I had things to do and it was just hard to function. So Darce, what would you say was the thing that went well recovery-wise for you this week? Definitely my, well, I mean, not to flex, but kind of everything. <laughs> Please flex. <laughs> really everything, but if I had to pick one, this didn't go any better than normal, but it is rewarding to be, I haven't really been around my dad much since I've been recovered-ing. I don't know whether to say recovered or recovering, because I feel like people won't believe if I were stay recovered, but that's how I feel. No, okay. if you consider yourself and you feel that you are recovered, then you can it. say that you're recovered. Okay, well. Since I've been recovered, I haven't been around my dad that much because I've been in Dallas and he's been out of town. And it was just rewarding to be able to just have a normal dinner with him. And it's normal for me now by myself to have those feelings and thoughts and interactions, but to have my loved ones who saw me at my worst be able to have those interactions with me is like a different kind of fulfillment. What about you, Lo? Mine would be last night. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. So, what happened? Okay, accountability. It, it went from what could have been a really low of my week to like a high of recovery for me. So I was in Chicago. Obviously, I was driving around. I made a day trip to go to this museum. I decided early on in the day that I was going to restrict my intake and keen mm. dead set on it i'd already like planned my day it was pretty late at night but i was driving back from the exhibit and i was just kind of thinking i am hungry i just had this beautiful moment with all my friends and i'm not gonna be able to have those moments if i continue to like engage in any of my behaviors so i pulled myself over off the road went to the culver's got oh. myself a veggie burger and i ate it in my car at 10 o'clock at night one of my really big things in recovery and challenges has been the timing in which I am eating like my meals mm -hmm. and the rigidity around that. Last night, it was like I'm breaking my fears of hours in which I'm eating. I'm breaking the fears in which getting like fast food, which has been a struggle for me. And the fact that I did it and I spent like my own money doing it and it was all like a me thing. I, it's not like I was eating with anybody else. It's not like anybody was seeing me eat it. Like I was literally sitting in my car driving home. It just felt like, oh my God, like I am doing this for me. Like I was doing I'm, it for me. I am so proud of you because the fact that in the morning, in the beginning of your day, your eating disorder had already predestined your day for you, right? And that's but so hard to break. at the very end of the day, you were like, no. Like, that's and really hard. It was, was really, yeah. 
yeah, it was really, really hard, but honestly, like doing it, like felt extremely empowering. I'm proud of you. Thank you. For me, some of the most rewarding moments in early recovery, not even early recovery, in recovery in general, were the moments that just made me feel overwhelmingly quote unquote normal. Like just <laughs> going to the museum and stopping at fast food and getting a burger on the way Honest, home. Literally, yeah, I felt so, so normal doing that last night. It's so good to just do average people things. Yes. Like the first thing that comes into my head, being able to allow myself to put some fucking creamer in my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Life Lauren, changing. Lauren, what flavor creamer did I insist on using in Chicago? Italian sweet cream. Italian sweet cream. One time right now, and they only had vanilla, and they were like, you have to use the vanilla before you use the sweet cream. I was like, I'm here for a restrictive eating disorder, and you're denying me the flavor of creamer (laughs) I want? Do you know where we are? Yeah. I'm sorry. Whoever keeps buying the green grapes, leave. (laughs) Walk out the door. I only will eat the red. Here's the Georgia. Georgia, what will recovery for you this week? No, I, I think, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think I overthink that mm-hmm. because okay. I, there are times when I feel like my successes aren't like enough, I think. So like, even if it's something small, that's like, I was subconsciously doing as a win in recovery. Like, I think I'm having a hard time labeling them as wins for some reason. I don't know. It's probably just like the mood that I've been in this week. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, been feeling just like really sorry for myself. Yeah. Some days it's going to be worse. So Also, yeah. I just want to point out that your high of the week was going to TMS, like all your appointments, and you had a hard week, but you still showed up yeah. for Georgia at every single one of your appointments for that. Like I that did. is a huge win in recovery that no matter like oh, yeah. how hard it may have been to get out of bed that day or to get your day started, if you still had that on your agenda, Georgia was showing up and Georgia was there for that. Because that's only for you. I think another like win recovery wise, not necessarily relating to food would be that like, for instance, tonight for the podcast, like if I'm going to be honest at first, I was just like, I really don't, I just don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I don't want to talk about it, but I knew that like every time I have come on it and like have talked to you guys, I've done nothing but smiling and laughing. So I just know it's like a little good pick me up. Okay. So we still have to talk about diet culture. We haven't even started that episode. That's all check-in so far. Everyone, get out your notebooks. We're going to talk about diet culture today. Yeah, so our topic of today's discussion is diet culture. This is diet culture part one because odds we talk about this again are quite high because diet culture sucks. Do you know that diet culture is literally everywhere a fucking round you? Literally, it's unavoidable. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry this episode. I'm bawling my eyes out. Diet culture sucks. So to start off our talk on diet culture, we're going to give a general definition that is courtesy of DW. Diet culture is the lens through which we, as a society, view our own bodies, health, morality, value, relationship with food, relationship with movement, and powerful indicator of the way individuals are treated in our society from access to medical care and beyond. Anything that equates health and beauty to slenderness and links food and eating to morality. Spoiler alert, food does not correlate to morality at all. No. What a a concept. What a concept. And it sucks how, how preached that is. How the foods that you eat, the way that you look, has some sort of value to you as a person. Like, it has nothing to do with who Lauren is, who Georgia is, who Darcy is. What really gets me, two different people sitting at the same table could eat the exact same thing, 
but look different and one would be shamed and one would be not literally there's a genetic predisposition as to how our bodies are structured yeah exactly and we're meant to maintain that structure there's there's a set point where your body is going to be functioning at where it's functioning and that may change yes right that may change with age with sickness with yeah with literally everything i do want to highlight the racist roots of fat phobia and diet culture being tied back to morality because the whole reason that diet culture even exists is because back in the days of slavery uh slave keepers the white people would look at these people of color and notice their body types and equate their body types with their morality and the idea then was that they didn't have morality they they weren't people the same way that these white people were people and decided that in order to be above these people in every way that they could they couldn't look like them right and these people had they were fatter they were bigger people they were working all day they were eating whatever they could to stay alive they have different genetics they're different people and white folks were like oh we gotta lose weight then we have to look different we have to be better than these people in order to be deemed as in order to be morally superior but i think it's just crazy too is how much it has changed because there's this wonderful book out there if you have not read it's called the anti-diet please please christy harrison it is amazing anyways the fact that diet culture and what an ideal body is has literally like completely changed, completely changed shifted. and it's yeah. literally been on like the whole entire scale of like what a body could like look like and like does look like each different body type at one point has been considered ideal the body type of femininity used to be you know wide hips like these women are able to give birth to healthy kids right and carry children and now it's moved to the less space you take up the better the more womanly you are right and i think that goes into the whole misogynistic idea of diet culture Mm -hmm. the fact that you know the difference between man and woman yeah when it comes to diet culture is huge and i think it's so fucked up the fact that men even more so currently are starting to adhere to more of diet culture's mm-hmm. standards you gotta be that are projecting onto men tall, yeah. yeah it's just, just crazy yeah. to think about how like far back it goes that has been associated with value and right. with who you are morally and where you like, end up on this class level and exactly like there there is some sort of classism to like foods like if you think about, there are numerous, like, YouTubers, for example, who live this luxurious, quoted that, life of just working out, eating all these expensive foods. You have... Well, it's like, I don't give a fuck about what's in your acai bowl. No, exactly. But the fact that they can even afford an acai bowl. Right. Like, that's that's what is privilege. That is privilege. diet culture is it is so privileged because... It is so privileged. The idea behind diet culture is 100%. the people that are eating leaves with maybe dressing on them for every meal and drinking acai bowls and smoothies. That shit is expensive. Meal. Like, not everyone can live that way. And just because they can't afford to eat the way you do, that makes them less than you. Literally. Right, and and the people who do live that way and can't afford those things are stay-at-home, white, privileged mothers. Exactly. Like, they just have the all the time and all of the energy and effort to be focusing. And that is just so glorified. It's, it's so, so glorified. And it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Like, that is not something an average American or an average yeah. person is able to obtain. And because just because... Joe Schmo over here is able to sit in their 12 bedroom mansion and eat that shit every day. And other Joe Schmo over here is working two nine to five. That doesn't work. Two jobs, two full time jobs. 
and is eating McDonald's, that does not have any effect on which one is morally better. And whether or not you think that you're better than them, what effect does that have on you? What effect does that have on you? And it's, it's another part of that is the fact that if you're not going to call somebody out and you're still kind of internalizing this idea of like, I am better than you because I'm eating the smoothie bowl and you're eating McDonald's. That's where like this internalized idea comes in of like, this is such like a, dare I say selfish idea almost of like, Dare. No, no, you can you say dare. selfish. You may dare. You can, yeah, you can say selfish. It I is. It is a selfish dare. idea. Like, I'm going to keep this information to myself almost in this skewed way to acknowledge myself that I'm a good person because of what I put into my body. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think jumping back to the idea that, like, everyone who does afford it are these, like, very privileged, most of the time white female, you know, mother, I don't want it to seem like I'm saying, like, you're the only people who are eating that way because everybody else is trying to internally battle this subconscious societal view that because of what you eat, you have more value than this other person. It's all fake. And I can say confidently, not proudly, but I will say confidently that absolutely I have adhered Mm -hmm. to those standards and I have succumbed to all of the ideas, like legit every single one. Like my eating disorder was the worst best fucking friend that I had at one point and she knew everything there was about diet culture. So I'm saying I'm only like just to kind of like throw a disclaimer, I'm only like so fucking angry about this because of how much it has taken from me and because of how much I used to adhere to it. So I'm only like talking bitchily and frustratedly about it because of how much I used to believe in it. You're allowed to yeah. be angry. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. you have every right to be bitchly angry. Everybody has every right. to this that is on right, our get level. Right, yeah. Throw a pillow. upset about you being upset about this. Yeah, because, like, you're right. Like, diet culture has taken so much from us, and I'm from countless others, like, as well, and has really, really influenced a lot of people's lives in such a terrible, negative way. And the what fact that thing. I didn't even hear the term diet culture until I was probably 16 years old. Isn't that wild? Like, why aren't we taught this in school? So why is this yeah. not taught in health class you know what i watched but... in health class a, a documentary about supersize me supersize me supersize me what the fuck shit. was the point what the fuck was the point there literally was no point teach me about diet culture instead of having me watch a man eat mcdonald's straight for like a month and that's I'm not like, intuitive eating itself right there no most people don't do that okay yeah. You found one person, maybe, that did that one time. Or an experiment. What the documentary was about. Yeah. And if you don't want people eating at McDonald's every day, put affordable fresh produce in Section 8 yep. Living. Because I'm not going to pay $7 for a bundle of romaine lettuce. <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't pay $1 for a bundle of romaine, <laughs> romaine lettuce. Right. Romaine lettuce. the worst. 79 cents a pound, bitch. Now I think would be a good time to move into the possible signs of diet culture within yourself. Number one, thinking you have to earn your food. The number one thing I think of when I read that is finding reasons as to why I get to eat today. And that's a big part of the eating disorder, I think. What do you guys think? I relate to that completely. When I think about having to earn my food, it makes me think of a thing called performance eating. I have that and a culprit of doing that a lot where if I know that I have a family event or if I'm going to be eating with my parents or eating with friends, I will schedule my week accordingly where I plan out a lot of safer meals and a lot of safer foods up until that meal that, that I'm day. having with my family, with my friends, whatever that may be, so that at that meal I can appear as 
as normal as possible with my relationship with food. And yep. thinking yeah. that and I have like, earned that, yeah. That right, it's deemed acceptable. Acceptable meal. Yeah. Yeah. For me and my eating disorder, that was a good way of me convincing other people that I was doing okay. If they saw me eat a normal meal at a dinner once a week, they would think, oh, she's doing okay. Like she ate a normal meal. She's able to eat a normal meal. No. Little did I, they know what went into eating that normal meal. Yeah, right. and spoiler alert, they know that you're not doing okay because they- <laughs> Yeah, it never you. convinced them. Yeah, yeah, that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. But going back to the possible signs of diet culture within yourself, um, number two, feeling a need to compensate. And that can look like so many different things when it comes to eating disorder behaviors. I think the need for compensation can be looked at like broadly in terms of just like needing a bounce. Needing to compensate oftentimes entails eating disorder behaviors. And a lot of times those not diagnosed with an eating disorder or those not suffering with an eating disorder still feel the need to compensate mm. for what they've eaten or how much they've eaten. And even when I was in my eating disorder, compensating didn't always look like behaviors. It would, oh, you can eat X as long as you feel like shit about it for 12 hours. Or mm-hmm. you can eat X as long as you balance it out with something that's morally better. Yeah. And that right. goes into, I think, even the point of having guilt around eating or not moving is another sign that you are adhering to diet culture. Thinking that, yeah. again, back to earning your food and earning your nutrients, which which isn't at all how it should work or does work. Going into number three, wanting or working for a summer body. Or any body in general or for any event in general. Yeah, I said summer body because that tends to be the most announced and most celebrated transformation time of the year. This, I posted this on my Finsta a couple days ago that I have never been more excited for summer for reasons other than, you know, I have always loved traveling. I'm also very excited about being in swimsuits because yeah. I kind of love myself now. Oh yeah. my God, oh. that's amazing. I, I'm kind of like really into myself, so. I'm excited to take pics in low rise bikinis and feel myself, which not to say if you want to wear one piece, go off. If you want to wear a tankini, go off. If you want to wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt, go off. Go off. <laughs> I'm just saying I want to go off in a bikini. Just to like finish the third point for a summer body. Um, so put me in um, July, June, August. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's a summer body. Oh my God. You yeah. have a body. It's the summertime. <laughs> Boom. Summer body. Baby. Exactly. Number four, tracking calories or steps. If so, you have my fitness pal, delete it right yeah, now. That just makes I me think of Emma. Uh, if you're tracking your intake for the purpose of like morality at the end of the day and making sure that your mind is okay with it, tracking your intake like that, I it definitely can be a sign. And also though. when if you are tracking your caloric intake or your movement, even if you are consuming a societally accepted healthy number of calories. If you feel the need to log your food, every meal and snack and thing you put into your body. Disclaimer, um, obviously, if you have some type of autoimmune disorder like diabetes or celiac. Yeah, not talking about that. Of course you have to, yeah, of course you have to track your intake and stuff. Number five, frequently or obsessively reading nutrition labels. This was a huge thing of mine for Mm -hmm. sure. Through that, it honestly becomes a habitual thing. Like I still- It's like muscle memory habit, like turning it. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest, I still do check numbers and nutrition labels far, far more than I should. I've gotten better at it letting affect and dictate what I'm going to be eating. But it's still so challenging when it's hugely printed there. And especially the fact that they have started putting nutrition labels and specifically caloric numbers on everything. Or how about when they put the caloric 
the yeah, caloric number on the front of the item. Yeah, producers I, do it because it consumers buy it, yeah. and then consumers buy it because the producers are saying, oh, you should buy this because it has this. When it comes to the amount of money that goes into diet culture, I mean, that can be an episode in and of itself, but yeah. I think they are making so much money off of hating ourselves and into- And insecurities, yeah. Yeah. Diet culture is a 60 plus billion dollar industry. Oh my God. Americans oh. spend over $61 billion a year on diet products. There's so a company with the facts, straight up. The average right diet here. products? Guys, diet products oh, are like hurts. something that you would not even think is diet culture product. Diet culture <sighs> products can be diet Coca-Cola. Diet culture products is low fat. Rice I mean, cakes, Lauren. Reduced fat this, reduced fat the this. The fact that I used to buy low fat cheese, the entire point of cheese is yeah. the fat. That's it, why you eat it. cheese. Yeah. Like, not why it tastes good too, but I I hear me this. Hear me this. Picture me this. Fuck up right there. Oh. Picture yes. me this. Yeah. Weight Watchers recently, within the past five years, changed their logo to WW, WW. to hide Ugh. the fact and that they had it, WW Kids. My Fitness Pal. Ugh. Ugh. Intuitive mm. fasting. Wait, I have more facts. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I have more facts. Wait. Okay. The average woman tries 61 diets by the time she's 45. No! This, this one's really, really sad. 80% of 10-year-olds have dieted. And I was one of them. I'm a part of that statistic. That's I'm a like, part of that. And that's so sad. And it's How sad. Probably, and the thing is, that, that's probably even, that number's growing because of the fact of how easy it is to see everything on social media and how much diet culture is literally being projected onto now children. which is disgusting yeah like the hidden messages like within society regardless if it's like about the new diet program or if it's about exercising or if it's about this new fad diet that's going on is getting society is getting really really fucking good at hiding subliminal Mm -hmm. messages within it like appetite detoxes fasting cleanses like that's all those are all fads because why do you think our bodies have kidneys why do you think we have your your body your body knows what to do unless your your body body knows what unless you've got something you need to see a doctor for your body will cleanse itself right there's no need for external you can drink juice no one like i'm drink as much juice as you want okay but don't yeah. use it to cleanse yourself. Uh, this whole idea of you can have a brownie because you because of this guilt-free recipe. No, I'm going to have a brownie with the original recipe. And I don't need to attach guilt and food into the same. I have never eaten anything sugar-free that tasted nearly as good as any normal. Our last sign. Um, I mean, there's probably so many other more signs, but. Yeah, there's uh, seeing your weight and it affecting your mood greatly or moderately. I think of that, I think of stepping on the scale and I think of having that number dictate my mood and my mm-hmm. intake for the entire day. I would even go to say seeing your body, not even That's the weight, not even the number. The I can think of countless times where my appearance has completely, or the way I perceive my appearance to be, has completely dictated my mood throughout the whole entire day. Yep. Yeah, I say like week. I can say too, like when I was in the grips of bulimia, even if I was seeing a specific number that was deemed acceptable to the eating disorder and I looked at my body and it didn't match up, it didn't like, matter. I'm still yeah. affected mm-hmm. throughout my day. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. 
Sometimes weight doesn't matter so much to people. A lot of times it does. I remember in the beginning of my eating disorder, I didn't even know what I weighed and I didn't care. All I cared was how I looked. Mm. I didn't care if it was X or X. As long as I liked the way I looked, I didn't care what the number was. It my was only machine. through evolution of my eating disorder that I started to care. Darcy, the my was the exact same way. My yeah. eating disorder, I didn't care at all about a number until other people in my life started putting an emphasis on my number. And yeah. how that became the dictator of if yeah. I was going to get to go back to school, if I was going to get to... Yeah, it wasn't until okay emphasis was placed on my weight that I yes, cared. I agree. Which they needed to. I understand why it was, but... Yeah. And I think it's really cool the diversity within this podcast because I have a completely different experience. My eating disorder started in my childhood, so it was really this focus on this number that the doctor was talking about, my parents were talking about, you know, kids in class, whatever. It started off with how people were so concerned for me. And it was all about a number at first. And it still was never enough. I mean, it, it never at a time in my eating disorder, was it enough? It is never enough in eating no. disorder. You will always find a new goal, a new aspiration, a new low to reach that you think is a new high. Mm-hmm. All set. We're wrapping oh up. Wait, Lauren, remember when I bought this and I made everyone smell it? Yeah, that was one of the, our first interactions. Was said, Ooh, that looks good. She went, it sounds like birthday of, cake. One of our first interactions was Darcy coming over to me being like, do you want to smell my chapstick? When I was like, <laughs> after like dinner one day, I was like, okay. So to end on a more positive note, here's some ways that we can work on moving away from diet culture. That was really good. I like that. Thanks. I got nervous. <laughs> Darcy, tell us what we can do. All right. So uh, the main... God damn it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. So most of us probably being Gen Z or young millennials, uh, we're probably seeing a lot of our diet culture bombardment from social media. So an easy and reliable way to kind of move away from it is to clean up your social media feed. Unfollow those influencers who are posting before and after pictures or their diet or their workout plan or what kind of greens they put in their smoothie this morning. I don't give a shit. I don't want to see it. No, I don't want to see it. And not even influencers. There's been a couple of friends that I've had to either mute for the time being because I know that me seeing what they're posting is not going to be helping your entire recovery. If you are following a bunch of what I eat in a days or people Calorie tips. from an eating disorder, yeah, um, probably unfollow them unless they're strictly talking about therapeutic techniques or what worked for them or some inspirational things. Also, TikTok. I have seen an increasing number of videos on TikTok. A lot of what I eat in a days, a lot yeah. of before and afters. Luckily, your for you page is pretty easy for you to manipulate what you want to be able to see and what you want to be recommended. So when you get on your TikTok and you see all that stupid shit, don't interact with it. Say, I don't want to see this. A big part of diet culture is being told constantly that we need to be exercising and moving our body or even if we're not quote unquote overweight, I hate that phrase, but I don't know what else to say. I know, I do too. What is the weight that we're over? I don't understand. We want you to change the shape of it or how much muscle you have or where your muscle is. And if taking a break from exercising is going to help you detach from that idea, take a break from exercising. I know it's really hard to do and it's going to be more beneficial than just convincing yourself that you're working out for the right reasons. There is 
a benefit to moving your body physically, chemically. If that's at the expense of your mental health, don't do it. And you can get that benefit from so many things that no one talks about. like Other than like the conventional ways yeah, that society you says, can right? Go to the pool with your friends, get in the water, swim, walk around, do some yoga. Fly a kite. Go rock climbing. Go rock climb. Go ride a horse. I'm a retired horse girl. Hit me up. There's so many fun, joyful ways to move your body that I think just yeah. like people don't consider that as being like ways to move your body or they just forget about. Like think about yourself when you're like six years old. Like what did you like to do for fun? Oh, like, uh, that's a cute way of doing too. it. Yeah. I never heard that before. To cap off, moving away from diet culture, a very general point, educating yourself outside of social media, you know, mm-hmm. reading articles, reading books. Have um, conversations with other your ways. friends and family. Ask questions. One thing I cannot stress enough is parallel to something that people tend to understand more. You don't understand and work on your internalized racism by exclusively talking to white people. You're right. not going to work through your internalized fat phobia or your enmeshment with diet culture by talking to exclusively thin, societally accepted people. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to people that look different than you or that look like you, but you're scared to look like them, but you look like you and you're scared to look like you. You have to talk to people that are experiencing the effects of diet culture. So to wrap up this episode, before we end it off, we're going to give a shout out to an amazing message that we got this week. Um, Going forward, if you do want to send us any messages or any feedback or any little things you want us to share on the podcast, feel free to message either Georgia and I. And within that, say if you want us to share your name or not. Obviously, for the sake of this one, we're not going to. But... Make sure that we're creating a safe place for you guys to be able to communicate with us and to let us know. But then also, if you are wanting to share your name with it, that's great too. And we would love to give you the credibility within your feedback. Yeah. So I found one. Do you want me just to read it? Yeah. Okay. So here is an amazing message that we received from our first week's podcast. Hi, saw your TikTok, just listened to your podcast, and I think you guys are amazing. And I'll definitely be listening every week. I've been struggling with my relationship with food for years and don't have anyone to relate slash talk to about it. So I'm just happy that you guys have each other and are doing this with your humor and stories because that is so much more comforting than listening to other sources and professionals sometimes. That's just so sweet. That is sweet. I think sometimes the seriousness and the vulnerability within treatment and within eating disorders is a lot. And I think that it's a huge purpose of this podcast to be able to find room for humor within struggle. And I really am glad that we were able to give that to that person. And it makes my heart feel really full. Yeah. So thank you for that message. We appreciate you. And we love and care about you. And we are so, so proud of you. We love you. All right, so just wrapping up the third episode, that was so amazing. Yes, thank you, it Darcy, was so for awesome, coming Darcy. On. Yes, I just want you. to end with a quick checkout, like we always do. Um, what is one way you guys can take care of yourselves tonight? Lauren, you first. Okay, I am going to hopefully get some good night rest. My sleep has been pretty off recently, and I think that's just because of the sickness that I was feeling with past week because of the vaccine and everything and just having a very activity filled past couple of days so definitely allowing myself to get some rest for tomorrow for you hell yeah darcy what's one way you can take care of yourself tonight darcy i got it okay tonight i am going to watch some gray's anatomy i recently have started it over for the fourth time 
it's going to be intense and I'm really excited and I have been kind of going, going, going these last couple of days and I'm excited to just kind of relax in my room at my mom's in Austin with my dog and just watch some Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Georgia Feach, what are you going to do this evening? Um, I'm going to respond to this kind of mood that I've been struggling in and I'm definitely going to uh, take a shower. Focus on self-care as much as I can in its extent. Well, Darcy, again, thank uh, you so much for being on this episode. So, thank you, You're Darcy. Stuck to have you in Georgia. We ate the fucking food. We ate the fucking food. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That was so good, guys. What the fuck?